Hey everyone, I'm Dahlia. And I'm Alma. This is Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. So, um, I heard your cats, but thankfully I no longer see them 69ing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I've decided to keep them with me. It's very difficult when you have five cats to find places for them to be. Just five fucking cats, people. (laughs) (laughs) They're my babies. (laughs) Well, because we ended season three. Welcome, everyone, to season four Women of Horror. I'm so excited about this. This season. Horror women. Horror. Not whore. I'm pronouncing it good. I like made sure. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying not whore. But since season three ended and now season four, it's been a few months. Alma has acquired two more cats. (laughs) You fucking cat lady. I almost got another one the other day. I I know you're fucking animal. (laughs) I was going to be rehomed. And then you were going to be rehomed. No, not I believe that the cat. (laughs) I believe that your husband was going to rehome you because you were bringing in too many fucking cats. He brought those two. He brought those two. He said, "Why not?" When he found that fifth one in the tree, he said, "Why not?" We just got another one. (laughs) That was him. So right now we're also feeding the cat over at the nearby um, Uh community college campus, and. Yeah, we're feeding that one, too, because I want to make sure that he's mm-hmm. fed and he might need a home. So yeah. I convinced them because my cat's just got neutered. So I have to, you know, give it some time and then maybe I yeah. can introduce the new cat. Oh, my God. You're horrible. <laughs> you're fucking horrible. Horrible. <laughs> oh, shit. I see what you did there. Real quick before we go on with 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 our discussion of our movie. What are what are your well all your cats' names? But then I like mm-hmm. the addition of the names of these last two. Uh, Nacho is my oldest. He's ten years old, going on eleven. Then there's Kodak, almost six years old. Um, and then there is Gato Gato. He is three years old. And then there's Calvin and Hobbs, and they're mm-hmm. five months old. Hey, why Calvin did you and Hobbs. Calvin and Hobbs. Well, the first one came, Calvin was the first, no, Hobbs was the first one that was found on the street and he was hit by a car. So um, my husband named him because Calvin and Hobbs was their favorite comic strip. So yeah, yeah. big fan of the of the. And then of course, comic. you had to have Calvin when the second one came. Mm-hmm. When he snatched that baby out of the tree, <laughs> he said, this one's ho- this one's Calvin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally get that. Because, like, my dogs, my first one was Jill. And mm-hmm. so when I got the second one, the second dog, of course, he was going to have to be Jack. Because how can you have a Jill without a Jack? And even though his his uh, uh, shelter-given name was Chewy, my little boy, my little blondie back here, my little white boy, He's 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 fucking Mexican. His he's his his name was Chewy. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> He's bilingual. How cute. <laughs> it's so funny because when Clara would do his voice, she can't do it anymore. She says she can't find the voice anymore. When we first uh, uh, adopted him, she would do his voice in a Mexican accent. I, I can't do it. You know me. I've never been able to do accents. We've grown up around accents our entire lives, and I've never been able I to do I can't do one. I can't do one. But I do have a um, an accent that I do for Russell, the dog. Our dog um, was our first. And it's more like my son's dog. But I have a voice for him that I do because he's a white dog. So I pretend that he's um, Spanish-speaking white dog. And I'll be like, abuela, por qué me... <laughs> I can't even do it without laughing. I know. Por me... Me... <laughs> mi padre me dejó. Stop <laughs> <laughs> Abuela. Tengo hambre. Stop it. Dame algo a comer. Shut the fuck up. I love it. So I will speak. They, 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 I finally get to quit it. Quit it. <laughs> I had the best time for like a whole year solid just doing that voice for everything. Quiero a dormir porque está mucho rido. Shut the fuck up. I love it all. Oh, and, and I can totally see him talking face. in that voice. Mm -hmm. I could totally see <laughs> Russell walking around with that voice. <laughs> oh, we love our animals. <laughs> oh, and our real kids too. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So, we just caught you up on our mm -hmm. animal life. <laughs> We're here to talk about horror, though. All right. Horror. Season four. I like the way you enunciate whenever I say it too. Uh, I want to make four. sure there's no confusion. Yeah. Uh, that's a different podcast. Uh, season four, Women of Horror. So excited. Um, I really enjoy that we have been um, doing seasons of like themes. Mm -hmm. I I do enjoy when I hear other podcasts doing like the monthly theme or whatever is really cool also. But I think for my brain, and I think you have said, I won't speak for you, but I, I think you'd, for my brain, it works to have the entire season be something. That way I can get into that vibe a little bit more, especially since we're the ones discussing it. Um, so we have lots of cool movies we're going to be discussing. Our very first movie is Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Of course, you already know that, though, because you read the uh, description when you clicked on this. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know. Maybe it's the first mm -hmm. time you read it. Maybe you just go I in. I don't know why well, I'm using this voice. <laughs> I don't know why I said what I said. <laughs> so Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Baby Jane? Baby Jane? Maybe there is a Baby Jane out there. But it's Baby Jane. All right. Alma, take it away. Remember Johnny Canales? <laughs> Johnny Canales. <laughs> yeah. Take it away. Uh, this is a 1962 American psychological horror thriller film directed and produced by Robert Aldrich from a screenplay by Lucas Heller based on the 1960 novel of the same name by Henry Farrell. The film stars Betty Davis as Baby Jane, Joan Crawford as Blanche. Oh, I love that name, Blanche. And it features the major film debut of Victor Buono as Edwin. Mady Norman as Elvira. Oh, gosh, I love that name, Elvira. That should have, that should have, I would have totally changed my real name to Elvira if that was like my character name. Well, she's, I love her character too. Uh, she plays a very small part, unfortunately. Um, but the actress Elvira in this as well. Uh, I really like her. I like her character. I've never read the book, so I don't know how oh. true this, uh, um, uh, I've never the read depiction. the novel. 
Yes, uh-huh. I don't know how the depiction is of everybody in this, but uh, I fucking love, and we'll get into can it. Can I interject? I, can I can I interject real quick? No, you cannot. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to keep about- talking. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. I I okay because this is a 1962 movie, and we mm-hmm. know that there were not a lot of roles for black women in movies, yeah. feature films, and stuff like that. Um, a lot of times, uh, women of color, we were, um, you know, left with roles like maid, housekeeper, and uh, side roles and stuff like that. <laughs> this, in this case, yes. But also, I loved this character because she was a prominent character on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she seemed more than, I didn't even think of her as a maid when I originally watched the movie. I actually thought she was her nurse. Um, mm. because she was I the one it, who came I think I thought she was her nurse Brent. too as well. Yeah. yeah. And, but they list her as the cleaning lady and the yeah. maid. But yeah. Mady Norman, um, she had 115 acting credits Damn. to her name. Okay. Damn. She was born in 1912 and she had a bachelor's of arts from Bennett College and a master's degree from Columbia University. Damn, she also girl. attended the Actors Lab in Hollywood. And so I, I saw that she has a very great bio. So she did have a lot of small mm-hmm. roles because, you know, there weren't a lot of roles. Yeah. But she just constantly was finding these roles. And yeah. she was like super educated, like 1960. She had all the time to, you know, go to get her um, mm-hmm. just continuing education. Like she kept at it. And I just thought that that showed a lot of personal character in the fact that she still did what she wanted to do because it was mm-hmm. obvious that she wanted to be an actress. Um, she was also a founding member of the American Negro Theater West in 1977. Mm-hmm. She was inducted into the Black Filmmakers Hall of mm-hmm. Fame and an award in her name is presented each year for outstanding research by an undergraduate in Black Theater at UCLA. And i um, fucking I'm amazing. Like, yeah, I was like, what? I was like, and I know, I know where, I know we're, t- we're preaching to the choir here. So I know that you all already know this, who, people who are listening. But and we're not talking about this like, oh, look at this black woman, you know, um, and she can do these things. Remember the time period. Remember the time period yes, when she was doing all this. It yes. was so fucking hard. There were so many obstacles, so many things being put in place for for women of color, for black women to be able to do these things. Mm-hmm. And she this found thing, a way we she was doing it. Yeah, she was fucking doing time. it. Uh-huh. And amazing. still persistent and getting it done. And that's why I find her, I saw her bio and I was like, wow, it's just, it's just, it, it's incredible. It, it's incredible today to have that. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah. um, but 1962. So this movie is black and white too. And, and you could have had color, but I love the black and white. Love the black well, and white. I love the I love the reasoning behind this movie too. So again, we're talking about uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane, and um, I forget who it was. I'd have to look it up, but it, it was I don't know if it was Joan Crawford or Betty Davis. I think it's Betty Davis. Um, insist it was supposed to be in color, but she insisted on it being in black and white because it added to the mood. She didn't. Uh, she she thought the movie was so dark that putting it in color would give it a, a like a too pretty of a of a, a tone or I can't remember her words, but it would be too pretty if it was in color. And fuck it fucking worked because there's so much about this movie that yeah, when you look at it, it first of all it does look like it's older. Um and then uh oh my God, I just can't wait to talk about this because her her fucking Betty Davis was 
choosing things in this movie that fucking worked big time. And of course, we're going to talk about Joan Crawford too, but just right now, because um, I think it was Betty Davis that, that really insisted on it being black and white. But all right. Okay. Let's, let's, let's go on. Um, okay. Who's in, did we already talk about who's in this movie and all that? Um, we did. That's right. I'm sorry. See, I'm all over the place. That's why we have an outline people. <laughs> because we're like excited. Since you mentioned the movie, we even mm-hmm. like texted each other to say, I'm so excited to talk about this I movie. am. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I found it on HBO Max. Where did you find it? I had to rent it and I mm-hmm. rented it off of Prime, not a big deal because um, I couldn't watch it on the regular TV. Everybody was watching stuff. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on my laptop, but I didn't mind because I wanted to put my headphones on. I, I couldn't remember the password for HBO Max. So no. I was lazy. <laughs> you could have yeah, picked up that phone of yours and texted uh, Tech Control or IT. Could have, should have. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Um, The short summary is a former child star torments her paraplegic sister in their decaying Hollywood mansion. Um, Why did I think that they were twins? I thought they were twins for like the longest time. They're not. Uh, Um, No. Why did they look so much like each other? Yeah. Because (laughs) when I was young, I thought it was the same actress playing both the characters. It was a thing. It was a thing for people to do that. So I had to look at Betty Davis's eyes to really know that was her and who was who and uh it's the black and white it's the makeup uh betty davis of course choosing to do her makeup the way she did i thought it was the other character putting on a lot of makeup to be a different person so i fucking (laughs) love that she insisted on doing her makeup because Uh her reasoning behind it made sense it made sense she thought like if if a makeup artist was doing it it would take away from the character. Um, and it was throughout the whole movie, you can see the layers of makeup add, being added on to her face. And with the with the cinematography at the time and the lighting, oh my God, I fucking love how she played this. Okay, so, sorry, but we're, let's keep going. But I, I won't we'll get into it, but God damn, it was so good. It's so good the way she, and you're right. The eyes, her eyes. There's a reason it's Betty Davis eyes, but we'll get more into that. I keep saying that we'll get more into that because I could just go off on t- <laughs> tons of mini off, tangents. I'll start off tons with of the mini movie. tangents. The movie begins in the year, uh, picture it, um, <laughs> Vaudeville, 1917. <laughs> and the little mini um, Betty Davis, uh, mini the, the Betty little Davis. girl who plays her, is, this is her only acting credit to her name. She's the baby Jane, the oh, superstar. Okay. Picture it, Shirley Temple tap dancing into your hearts yeah. and, uh, and everything. And she is a spoiled rotten and her older sister Blanche is the one who is jealous of her because she gets all the attention. The dad is 100% invested in this kid and their baby superstar. Jane was a spoiled little shit. Little baby yes. Jane as a child was spoiled as fuck. Her dad mm-hmm. totally enabled the behavior, be- and um, it, it later on we find out that it's actually um, blanched with the talent. But it was so sad to see that dynamic going on because even the mom was like on Blanche's—I want to say side, but like over here with Blanche—and it was the 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 dad and uh, baby Jane over here. Like it was like two different families. Um, as one family and dad yeah, was just like, he he said talked that, like ugly to Blanche 
and and here's mom trying to console Blanche. And yeah, it was it was uh it was sad. <laughs> yes, and she has that creepy song. Um, and the performance oh, yeah. in this movie what is the just the little girl <laughs> version is so cute and sweet. And then the adult version. So there's the doll that is creepy as hell because it looks too realistic in black and white. That doll, I need that doll. I'm going to put it next to Chucky and Tiffany on my oh shelf. Oh my God. I bet it exists and out there. I didn't even look, but it, why does it look so realistic? And it's creepy as fuck. It, it looks like a little girl's face and I don't like it. It's well, remember at the time, remember at the time they really like, uh, this, it was supposed to take place in 1917. And even before that, they really, uh, uh, doll makers really invested on making dolls look like actual people. Like you could even get a doll made to look like you. And one of the things, so the doll was like, it, like this little girl, baby Jane was famous going around doing her shows and everything. And she gets presented with a doll that looks just like her. And then, you know, after, and then the, the show people there are like, Hey, you can get your own ba little baby Jane doll too. And it's only, you know, you can go outside and, and it, they're it's almost $3, toddler, 25 they're tod cents. They're toddler sized. These fucking yes, dolls are toddler, toddler sized. And we saying, know, Talia. I'm oh, sorry. Okay, I, I looked it up because me it too. I did too. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just no, got go so for it. Tell us, tell us. Because tell us. it was three twenty five in 1917 uh -huh. and today money that's $75 and yep. 20 cents. Yep. For which is <laughs> <We're both nerds. laughs> amazing because I, I did the same thing. I wrote down, I was taking notes. I'm like, look it up to see how much it was because, um, First of all, when they were announcing it during the show, they made it sound like everybody's getting a free one, but it wasn't because as soon as you walk out, it has a big sign that says what the price is. Um, but I also wanted to mention that the the show Barker or whatever did is like all, um, and it's real hair. It's real hair. And that, that's what I wanted to, to get back to, that the dolls, they made them look like real people. And then they did. They used real hair. So can you can you make a movie about just the doll, please? <laughs> Think of this movie being made where part two is Baby Blanche Jay's is a doll to get you. Well, Blanche <laughs> is a doll or instead of an actual person. And we find out that baby Jane was a doll the whole time. <laughs> I don't Dude. know. Let's do it. Dude, Let's that's do a it. great idea. <laughs> she was a doll the whole time. <laughs> Fuck. Why did you say that? We need to write this screenplay first before we release this podcast. Okay. The, also, this movie premiered on Halloween uh, 60 years ago this year. I'm sorry if you Isn't heard me cool swallow, thing? but I had to come off mute because <laughs> I was drinking a big gulp of my water. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's I thought so that was really cool. cool. Weird and interesting facts. Weird, not really weird. Okay, so then they're grown up and uh, we do a reverse Uno card, right? Is that what you call it? You do the reverse Uno and Blanche is the one who is the star because she's the one who had the acting talent that, yeah. that uh, little kid act is grown out of style, out of fashion. Yeah. And poor, poor baby Jane is not a good actress. And when no. they're watching her film, wasn't that kind of mean how they were just like, they wanted okay. to like throw up. Like, okay. This, so this kind of pissed me off. So, okay. I get the narrative that baby Jane, and we keep referring to her as baby Jane, because everybody kept referring to her as fucking baby Jane. But um, baby Jane is a woman now um, and she's in movies. And the only reason she's in movies is because her sister Blanche is the great talent and they have the same manager. And the part of their contract is if 
Betty Jane, I mean, Betty Jane, I mixed up everybody's name. Sorry. If baby Jane, oh no, that baby Jane has to be in a movie every time that her sister is. So basically if one gets, if, if Blanche the talent gets a movie, they have to give something to uh, baby Jane. It's just like part of the contract, but they, they don't like it. The, the studios don't like having to give baby Jane movies because apparently she sucks, but I, I felt bad because there was these two studio execs watching like a current movie, I guess, of Baby Jane's. And they were being so fucking rude throughout the whole thing. It's just the both of them screening it. But still, they're, they're like sighing, like you said, sighing rudely and all this stuff. And can I can I be truthful here? I didn't think she was bad. The clip that they showed us of the movie, I'm like, whoa. Okay, I get it. They know that she has alcohol problems and problems with sub substance abuse and that she's apparently a bitch off screen. I get that. But on screen, what they were signing and everything, making complaints about, I thought were just fine. I thought she was just fine on screen. I yeah, don't know what the fuck I, they were talking about. Their prejudices against her, perhaps. And maybe she was a great actress, but Blanche was the star. You know, she's the one who is making the, the big bucks for them. Everybody loves her movies. And, um, yeah, so they're going to go to a party and they talked about the doll. Apparently she's still giving that doll away to people. And it's, uh, both of them have to be there because she has to take her sister everywhere. And it almost seems like her sister is being the way they talk about her. Blanche loves her sister and that's, she doesn't mind, um, having her sister around, although her sister is a spoiled rotten brat still, but an adult version. And there is a terrible accident. Um, they're going home. I like the way you start. said that. It was a terrible accident. <laughs> An accident, quotation marks. And the, the, one of the sisters is standing at the gate and one of them is in the car and then kablooey and there's a huge explosion. There's fire. There's just like debris. Why are you lying? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you fucking lying? There was no explosion. I had to mute myself too because there's dogs in the neighborhood barking and then my dogs are mm -hmm. starting to bark. So I was muting mm -hmm. myself. So it made it seem like I was encouraging your lies. Yeah, you but in were. Fact, you were encouraging I, me. I, just, I was trying to not get the dogs uh, barking on 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 the recording but no i love though the angles that they used to mm -hmm. film this scene um you see from like kind of like the elbows waist down in the car mm -hmm. the actress you know um taking it out of park and and mm -hmm. stepping on the gas to go towards the gate so you know right sister away yeah is this, is at the this, gate she's going to Run her ass over. She's gonna this was a murder attempt. This she was, was a murder attempt. And we hear, we hear baby ah. Jane. Oh, there's <laughs> a scream. Is, oh, <laughs> running away. And she, she completely is hysterical because this accident and runs away and doesn't show up for three days. And Blanche is left. Um, uh, she's paralyzed. She's paralyzed. And I, I, they say paraplegic, but I almost feel like the character uh, herself was probably a quadriplegic because she needed a lot of assistance. Uh, she did. She, she did need a lot of assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, Her, but she's very weak. Um, mm -hmm. 
frail. She probably had other damage, you know, probably yeah. in the book, you know, they're, they're not sciencey and medical people, but I think that she probably yeah. was. Um, yeah. In, in the book, there was probably more involved, but of course in the movie, we needed her to be able to do some things. Like there's some parts where she has to like use her upper body strength to be able to like, you know, move herself around and, mm-hmm. and do things in, that are in the script. But so, yeah. So now we have the, uh, we have, um, Blanche in a wheelchair. They're older now. And, um, oh my fucking God. So first of all, I just want to say real quick, I, I, I do want to discuss the Joan Crawford, um, uh, controversy and all that. But if I'm going just by acting here right now, and, um, first of all, she was beautiful. She's absolutely beautiful in this movie. Her acting, her facial expressions, everything. And because she is, in this role, confined to a chair, her acting is astounding. It's so good. The things that she conveys with just, you know, her, oh my God, she's so good. And she's so beautiful in this movie. She really is. Um, but uh, I do want to just touch upon it real quick because I don't want to ignore it. So I, I, most people know the movie Mommy Dearest. So the, the movie Mommy Dearest is based on a book that um, her daughter, uh, Joan Crawford's daughter, Christina Crawford, wrote of the same name. Now, I do want to say this real quick. Now, if you watch the movie, Joan Crawford, uh, 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 Mommy Dearest, Joan Crawford, I mean, I don't know how anybody would want to support her. You know, right? If you're watching just the movie. Um, Christina Crawford herself has said that the movie is not uh, a true depiction of of. of how she was raised and not even of the book. I've personally never read the book. So it sounds like I don't read because I've already said that I didn't read this novel that this, whatever happened to Baby Jane was based on. And I've never, we do read. I just haven't read these two books. So I've never read Mommy Dearest. So I don't know what she purports or claims or says or did happen. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. All I do know is that Christina Crawford herself has said that the movie is outrageous and does not, and is like, a great exaggeration of what she lived through. Um, Joan Crawford did disinherit her two oldest children. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember the son's name. Christopher? Christopher. Christopher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christopher and Christina. Uh, Christopher and Christina after, and she didn't leave them anything. But to be fair, she didn't, Joan Crawford didn't leave really any of her family anything. They, she left the majority of it to charity. Um, Joan Crawford, uh, disinherited the two older ones stated in her will that, you know, they know why. Um, and um, Christopher and Christina both challenged it and did end up receiving a sum of money from the estate. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. I don't know uh, uh, any more than that. Cause like I said, I haven't read the book. I haven't read beyond much that I'm not saying it's cause I don't care. I just, I just haven't. I'm, you know, it, but so however you feel about Joan Crawford, I, you know, feel however you want to. Um, I totally get it. All your feelings are valid. But um, I'm going to admit that, you know, it's it's hard having seen Mommy Dears, thinking that was a true depiction of how she was. Um, later on, finding out that, e- that even though Christina Crawford does claim neglect, abuse and all that, that she says that it isn't like the movie. So, um it, it is kind of hard when people see, you know, mommy dearest and think 
that was Joan Crawford. And um, I'll admit, I I am a little more uh, prejudiced against Joan Crawford because of that depiction of the movie. But I've, I'm more, uh, as the years gone by and I've watched the movie, realized because in the beginning, I just didn't, I didn't like her character at all. Uh, but now I found like the character, like a, a fondness for the character. She's sweet, uh, gentle, um, just very passive. Uh, she seems to be completely love the fact that anybody would love her movies and be. Are we talking very... about uh, Blanche or Joan Crawford? Because <laughs> it seems no, like you Blanche, can be talking about Blanche, either. Blanche. But no, see, but I hated. Yeah, but see what I mean. I, <laughs> I hated her character. Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, you know, yeah. prejudice that I had in, in the movie. Yeah. And, but I have to admit that in, in watching it, the, the past few times that I've watched this movie, I, I think Betty Davis is the star. Betty Davis, it, this depiction is probably like top three of the best roles I've ever seen depicted on screen. Just a phenomenal. I just, I'm taken aback at how well she portrays this character. I feel for her. I can put myself in her shoes. I don't know if I started doing that as like, like I've gotten older and older and older, but <laughs> like I feel for her and everything that she does. I'm like, Ooh, man, she is scary, but she's smart and a little witty and at times funny, even in her, uh, just complete, you know, just utter lack of like care for her sister at points. But I think, you know, and that's why I think it's always been the two characters and how uh -huh. they play Joan Crawford. I'm like, Joan Crawford's great, but I think Betty Davis is just like, wow. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But I, I, that's what I did want to talk about Joan Crawford just so mm -hmm. that we can discuss that. But, um, you're right. Fucking Betty Davis and not to take away from Joan Crawford's, uh, mm -hmm. uh, role here or, um, her acting. Cause like I said, it, I loved it. I fucking loved it. Whereas I'm Joan Crawford was very, uh, her acting was very reserved and perfect for this character mm -hmm. for the role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Betty Davis fucking went for it. I fucking love the way she's walking around. Oh, that's me walking around my house. I'm like, girl, I feel you. I yes, tennis swinging, <laughs> fucking just you know, with your mata, just you know, just 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 living it. Yeah, just barely, you know. barely lifting her feet off the ground as she slops around in her slippers. Oh, yeah, and in the. <laughs> It, it, the shirt coming off the shoulder, yes, off like the shoulder. occasionally bringing it up. Fucking <laughs> love it. Hair a little it. bit done, a little tiny really. bit. I admit when I put makeup on because I do occasionally, yeah. I leave that shit on. I'm not gonna get washed <laughs> off. Eventually, you know, <laughs> it's gonna come off. But uh, like, I might for two or three days have tons of like mascara, eyeliner, rubbed around my eyes. My face will be clean, but that's just a little extra effort that I just am not going to deal with. And her mole that she makes into a little heart on her face shows that one thing she cares about. <laughs> she took the time to do is just <laughs> scuttling around. And and I I think that I would personally, Dalia, if I fucking live with you. 
And uh doesn't matter if I'm taking care of you or not. You're probably going to have yeah. to take care of me because I <laughs> don't listen to the doctors or anything like that. But if we lived together and we had a nurse that lived with us and was taking care of you uh-huh. and you guys were best friends, because that's how I see it. Oh, here comes Elvira, your best friend. Oh, I'm going to talk to her about your fucking day. I would have been nasty to you guys. I bet you're going to talk to her about your fucking day. I should be your best friend, okay? Why she being nice to Elvira? Why is she talking to Elvira? What are you guys talking about? Huh? She was. Are we talking about your stupid movies again? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Speaking speaking of, too, fucking, she, uh, Betty Davis. Okay, let me start referring to her as actor, as, as actresses. So Baby Jane is such a sarcastic bitch. She's such a sarcastic bitch. There's one time where um, Blanche is asking because, so uh, these movies that she made, uh, Blanche made, were when she was younger and not confined to a wheelchair. And now that she is, she hasn't been acting, but her, I don't know how many years later, at least a couple of decades have passed and her movies are making a resurgence on television, which is actually the way a lot of movies, older movies came about. They were big in the cinema and the theater and now they started making this resurgence on television. So Blanche, Blanche's career is starting to see a new life and people are remembering her and new people are finding her. Like for example, excuse me, with The Neighbor, the neighbor, uh, older lady was a fan. And the reason I say older lady is because, you know, several like decades and have passed. Wasn't that so, lady gorgeous too? She's supposed to be yeah. older. Why? Are they I know. Her like I, don't, I don't, I know. I don't get it either, beautiful. but they made a point. They made a uh, point of saying she was older or, or that because she has a daughter that I think was maybe late teens at the oldest who was just found Blanche's movies and is now a fan. So you could see it's like decades later. Like her movies are still very good because a newer generation is finding them on TV. So did you Blanche, recognize her her voice as like of the older movies? The teenager is played uh-huh. by Barbara Merrill, which is Betty Davis's real life daughter. Oh, and I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> she spoke like her like her voice was that of like the the 30s and 40s movies did you notice it was a little bit like yes, she took yes. those classes to mm-hmm. speak like that yeah. and that's why i made it a note to look it up uh-huh. because she sounded older yeah like she was doing an older person's voice that's all uh-huh. no but I, I i loved it i love that that dynamic between or that relationship between the mom and the daughter next door there's sharing this this you know, because I do that whenever yeah. the, the kids like they discover yeah. something. I'm like, I knew that shit already. <laughs> but, but this mom was not like that. This mom was not as bitchy as, as Alma, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do that. I'm like, dude, I have been fucking listening to that every morning. How come all of a sudden uh, you think blah, 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 school or whatever? Oh, Weezer's cool? Oh, really? <laughs> Oh, shut the fuck. Well, they were cool. They were cool. Sorry, people. You can come at me all you uh, want, but, I mean, but they used to be cool. They just dis- they discover, you know, they yeah, no, I, I totally something. get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And uh, their relationship was real sweet, but not me. I'd be like, I fucking told you to watch that movie. I've been telling you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so, but Blanche didn't know that because fucking baby Jane is hiding, like all, hiding everything. She, she reads her mail. She fucking gets rid of her mail. All of this shit. Yeah, uh, anything that will give her a little bit of ray of sunshine in the day. Yeah, but Blanche is still smiling. Blanche is still smiling, and Elvira is like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Elvira, this stuff the second from she you. fucking comes in to mm. the fucking house, she starts fucking giving 
baby Jane shade the whole time. I love it. The way she walks in, like she can be mm-hmm. outside with a smile, like waving at the neighbor. And the second she sees mm-hmm. baby Jane, her whole face is like That's daggers. Why. daggers. That's why I would hit you all. That's why I would hit you all. <laughs> why should being mean to me? <laughs> because you're abusing I'm me. Obviously, baby because you're Jane fucking abusing me. <laughs> yeah, you're abusing me. That's why. Um, I would. I might hide your sunshine, but I'm not going to physically abuse you. Okay, I promise. <laughs> also, fucking baby Jane didn't have to physically. Be, I think they only show. I don't know about the book, but they only show one time. I think of physical abuse against um, Blanche. Now she does kill a character. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit. <laughs> no, she, but, does, she um, does slap her at one point, yeah, and then yeah. later there's another scene. Okay, okay so gotcha. Elvira um, okay. communicates to her the things that she knows because also, yeah, that's why I was like, I, I really thought she was her um, her nurse because yeah. it didn't seem like Baby Jane was physically taking care of Blanche and her needs. Mm-hmm. She. Okay, one of the things that, oh my gosh, I have a thing about sound and one of my thing, I have, when I have sleep paralysis, I have a lot of auditory hallucinations and the ringing of the bell that Blanche has to get her sister's attention. Okay. She um, lives on the second story. Yeah. She in cannot, a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. That's she can't cruel. get downstairs. That's fucking she cool. Has, she needs that. And I didn't realize it until later in the movie, but they both are on the second floor and it just seems not like smart at all, mm-hmm. but she needs help. And when she needs help, she rings this bell, but I could feel how well, irritating okay. it would be to yeah. listen to that bell. And at one yes. point Blanche is ringing that bell, Dahlia, you ring that bell at me like that. <laughs> You're going to get it. Okay, <laughs> she For someone I know, I know, I get you. Because for someone who, okay, there was only a couple of times where I see why she was ringing it like that. So it's not a bell like you pick up and ding-a-ling-a-ling. It's like a doorbell, kind of like buzzer, kind of eh, eh, eh. Um, and um, I can, there was only a couple of times where I saw the insistent ringing because she, it sounded like she was trying to get, like, what the fuck is going on out there? You know, ringing it. Other times, though, it's like, um, I haven't eaten yet, which of course, yes. I mean, she hasn't eaten yet. I get it. But why is she always acting like, like really sad and like, oh, what was me? After she just finished fucking laying on that fucking buzzard, like an annoying little shit. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, I could. Baby Jane, I would get irritated. Okay. I wouldn't have served her the bird, but then I'm like, okay, but maybe so the didn't... rat. <laughs> but so she killed it. If I hadn't killed, that's the thing. It's like she had to have killed the bird. But if it she was killed already the bird. dead, that would have been. No, she fucking you killed you the bird. You didn't see her kill the bird. It could well, have died natural causes. You don't know. Um, you don't know. Um, <laughs> the bird. She killed the fucking bird. So you don't know, baby Jane. <laughs> okay, no, let's stop. Stop. She killed the bird. <laughs> Blanche had this bird, which is a perfect representation of her. Uh, in this cage. And it's so sad because this beautiful bird in this cage, it's supposed to be Blanche, you know, this beautiful, talented woman in this cage. And um, fucking baby Jane comes in and says, oh, I'll clean. You knew the second she fucking took that bird and said, I'm going to clean the cage. She was up to no good. I just had no idea that she was going to fucking serve her dinner or yeah, it was dinner with the fucking dead bird. 
on that plate. So she brings every day she brings her, her food on a tray covered all nicely in those little silver things to keep it warm and everything. And she listens and she sees the fucking her bird that she thought escaped because that's what fucking baby Jane said. And it's dead on her plate. So now we see that baby Jane is psychologically torturing her because now she's afraid to eat because like if she lifts that little silver dome, what's she going to find under there? Or what if it's already mixed into her food? Can she trust the food she's being served? Like what if she doesn't see something, but what if it's mixed into her food? Later on, it's a fucking rat. She serves her a dead fucking rat. Oh my so she God. Skips, she skips her next meal, afraid to look at it. And then baby mm -hmm. Jane's like, why would you skip it? And her funny fucking prank bitch. was not uh, well received by <laughs> a prank. The it was a funny prank. It was just a <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't eat her delicious meal that her sister prepared for her. She went, she was like, Oh, I shouldn't have picked that silly prank because oh. you know, she didn't think it was funny as me. And so, you know, she turned, she turned a little ray of sunshine out of finding that poor dead bird, you know, uh, probably a cat had gotten to it. And she was like, oh, no, let me bring it back to her. But I'll make a joke about it. <laughs> anyway, You're so horrible. she skips that meal. And that shows that she is like, I don't want to check on the meal. And then she takes the food away from her, even though she's still hungry. And it's like, see, she's frail. And it's almost like this frail state that she is in this we're just seeing a few days of these two women's lives, two women's lives. So we don't know how often she does this, but the fact that she was so casual, casual about doing this and she waited outside the room to hear her reaction shows that these are the little ways she gets her back for that close relationship she has with Elvira, not her sister. <laughs> oh my God. I love but her laugh, baby Jane's laugh when she's yeah. evil towards her. Oh my God. So good. And the way she's sarcastic. I, I want to come back to the way she's sarcastic. Cause one of the, one of the parts that I thought was so funny when, um, Blanche finds out that her TV movies are like becoming famous. I mean, her movies are becoming famous on TV again. And the, that the neighbor, the next door neighbor had brought flowers over and said, Hey, we're finding her movies again on TV. She's fantastic. And of course, baby Jane's pissed off about that. Um, because her sister's getting attention that she isn't. And, um, so when she tells when Blanche, when baby Jane tells Blanche and, ba and Blanche is like, oh, does she, did she like it? And fucking baby Jane. Oh, did she like it? <laughs> she was <a> fucking annoying. <laughs> she mocked her so ugly. Oh, my God. I didn't even do it justice. She fucking I know. went for I it. Love once in my lifetime to be able to mock someone like that. It, it was, was so good. mean. It was so mean. And then there's so another mean. part later where fucking Blanche, um, she's, she's devastated. And she's just like, if, if, you know, if I wasn't in this chair, I wouldn't treat you like this or, or something. I can't remember what she said. Uh, and, and fucking baby Jane, but you are Blanche, you are in that chair. <laughs> And it just reminded me of that Seinfeld episode that I don't know if you ever saw the Seinfeld episode where uh, they're on a plane and Costanza buys the last 
they're, they're in the airport. He buys the last time magazine because he's in a blurb. He's in a blurb where there's an article about uh, Jerry Seinfeld. And, uh, but on the cover is this famous serial killer. And the famous serial killer is being transported on the same plane that uh, George is and, and Jerry Seinfeld are on. And when he, when Costanza grabs the last one and the serial killer was about to grab it, he's like, you know, oh, but it's a blurb about me. Look at the cover. And then it's, it's the serial killer. Um, he, and actually, all of this to say, come to the point that his, the, the killer's name was something Blanche. And then fucking Costanza goes, oh, but you are Blanche. You are in those shackles. <laughs> So it's like little knots of this movie in other places. And I'm sorry that was so I long winded. I never got that part. <laughs> I never got that reference until now. Um, and, and real quick, cause I wanted to note that I only recently discovered that it's, you're not ringing the buzzard. You're ringing a buzzer and you use the word buzzer. And it reminded me that I always thought people were saying <laughs> that they're, Bringing the buzzard, and because I figured buzzards are like you know gnarly looking, that they make gnarly sounds just like a buzzard. <laughs> eh, eh. Anyway, I thought I'd toss that in. I actually, right now, I don't know if you saw my face, but I actually froze because I thought you were going to tell me that I've been calling it buzzer and that it's actually buzzard because of the bird. <laughs> and I was like, and for a second there, I was like, oh shit, I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> I figured if we were going to be talking about random stuff, but it's related. <laughs> it's Both related. of our stories were related. Okay. Very related. Um, all right. So I, the neighbor obviously is like starstruck with Blanche and therefore she keeps putting up with the abuse because um, Jane isn't kind to anyone that comes around. Obviously she's not kind to Elvira. She's not kind to the neighbor. Um, Anybody that has anything to do with Blanche, she obviously doesn't want to have anything to do with them. But that neighbor, just nosy, like quit it already, go away. And at one point, Blanche needs help. I think it's after she did slap her once. She takes her phone away, her only form of communication. And this is after she gives the information that she's going to sell I know, what's she going to do without her iPhone? Um. <laughs> And see, I know, this, stupid. Is, this is why we, this wouldn't be happening in these days <laughs> because it'd be like, uh, you're not taking away my phone. It's not plugged into the wall. I just, oh, she would have taken away her charger. She oh, would have taken away her charger. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing and, notes for when I'm taking change, care of Because you. I know I've seen, I've seen <laughs> your husband do it, but changing the fucking uh, password to the Wi-Fi and then blocking certain phones from using the Wi-Fi. Oh too. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, okay, I could do that. I could do that to you. You couldn't. <laughs> You couldn't no. because you and tech are not friends. I'm terrible at tech. <laughs> but so the neighbor irritates me as an, a normal person because I'm not a yeah, people I person. Get it, I get Just it. go away, lady. You gave the flowers. Thank you. You need to check how she received the flowers too. Oh, we get it. You got flowers. Okay. <laughs> go away well, already. Okay. You're right. As as a regular neighbor, I am very... Um, What's the word? I'm a good uh, neighbor. If I see someone breaking into your shit, I'm going to call 911. But other than that, yes. I don't have anything to do with it. I'm, I'm just not very personable. I'm not social. And I I, mm -hmm. I, I don't like small talk. I don't like these things. No, and it has nothing it. to do with you. If I ever meet you in public and I'm being like mm -hmm. short or whatever, it's nothing. It's it's my own anxiety and my own things. I don't like it. It's stressful. Um, so I totally get that as like just in a regular world. If my neighbor was constantly doing that, I'd be like, this is too much. I can't handle it. I'm going to avoid you at all costs. I, I, 
the way that she looks exacerbated when she gets out of the vehicle and mm-hmm. sees the neighbor makes yeah. it seem like this is an often thing. Yes. So the things that irritate her, I don't think necessarily, obviously, her reactions are not, you know, the best. Okay. But no. <laughs> I can see that they are a culmination of many yeah. incidents that she's had to put up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Blanche is writing a note to get help because she no longer has a phone yeah. and is trying to get a hold of a doctor. And she breaks out a typewriter. And the whole time she's typing this note, her sister is out stealing her money from the bank. Yeah. Okay. Writing checks and In cashing cash. them. Uh-huh, getting the her fuck? checks cashed. And the bank is just handing her the money. And it's, it's, they're not even a note or anything. They just do it. Yeah. Man, we could have been criming all over the fucking place. In the <laughs> well, she's typing this letter and the whole fucking time. I'm like, get a fucking pen, lady. This is an emergency. This is an emergency. And you know how I know? I thought maybe she doesn't have a pen. Um, no, she takes the letter out. She's like, this isn't urgent enough. Let me get a pen now and write the urgent note at the bottom. Please don't let um, Jane know about this letter in pen. She could have written the fucking letter in pen. But she had a smart idea. She crumples Uh it up. But this is why I said that I think that the character um, was more um, in need of physical assistance Mm -hmm. than anybody. Like, that that we would have thought maybe. Because she can't even throw it. And she struggles so much to pull herself up. She's got, like, a thing to help her out of bed. And stuff like that. So I think that shows, no matter how they described her, that she did need a lot of help. So she is physically almost just um, in need, like 24 hours a day. And even when she leaves one time, when Elvira comes at one point and she mentions the fact you left her, shows that she shouldn't be left alone because she needs a lot yeah. of care. And mm-hmm. she's desperate. And and it all comes to a head because she wants to sell the house. And Jane is like, well, this is yeah. our house. And Blanche wants, me. Yeah. Blanche wants to sell the house. Um, but yeah, Jane is against it. It's, it's Blanche's money. Blanche mm-hmm. treats the home like it's theirs. Blanche treats the money like it's theirs. But it is Blanche's money because um, Jane has years of alcohol abuse and not having any work. And she doesn't get residual checks. She doesn't still make money. She has nothing in reserve. But there's a few times in the movie where she's like, no, this is my house. And daddy bought it for me. And maybe that was something that the dad told her to make her feel better, that these things. But obviously, nothing was hers because all the checks all the money and she knows this, but still wants to stick to that um, idea that her dad got it for her, you know, just like that idiot who thinks that her dad's the wrestler and it's not. And um, <laughs> politician lady, <laughs> but anyway, I won't get into that cause that makes me laugh. But anyway, so she is, she is financially, re- um, uh, what's the word? Dependent on Blanche. Yeah. Blanche is yeah. physically dependent exactly. on Jane. So it is uh, through, they are, de- yeah, they are dependent, codependent against their wills, against their choices. Um, and um, yeah, so I I totally get what you're saying about like, you know, you're joking, but it, I totally get, um, look, baby Jane 
Jane's character, I see that Alma, you need to stop that bullshit. <laughs> um, she is emotionally, physically, uh, mentally abusive toward her sister. However, there are issue, more issues going on here that have unfortunately created this scenario. And I just thought it was really sad and sweet that um, Blanche constantly refers to her sister, not as being, and I'm going to use words here that I wouldn't re normally refer to people like, but she doesn't refer to her as like, oh, that my crazy sister, or she's being crazy. She's legitimately concerned for her mental health and thinks that these are mental health issues. And they do address that in this movie. She says that she wants uh, her to see her doctor. She talks about her having moments of, um, I can't remember the words that she used, but basically she never refers to her as being crazy or being, you know, insane. It is legitimate concerns for her mental health, for mm -hmm. um, her substance abuse, abuse problems. She's mm -hmm. never vindictive about the way she talks about it. Now, whether she mm -hmm. actually feels uh, maybe inside her heart a little bit, you know, pissed off. Yeah, I'm sure she does. Maybe there's more mm -hmm. in the book. In real life, I mean, I would be, I could see both me being concerned for your mental health and for your substance mm -hmm. abuse issues, but also maybe fucking hating you for the shit that you're doing to me. Yeah. You know, I think I'm, I totally yeah, see that. It's warranted like and mm -hmm. sometimes because when you're the person who's caring for that person. Yeah. So I apologize if I said belittling of that issue. That no, it, it's it's fun. You're, I made you're, jokes. I know you're making my sisterly uh, yeah. jokes. Yeah, no, it's sisterly jokes. Itself, you know, yeah. Jane's character is so is so great. And it may it mm -hmm. made me cry so many yeah. times that I've seen this movie. Yeah. Oh, and the ending. I fucking cry. Oh, my God. Yes. The ending is oh. heartbreaking. But um she she speaks of her like you never saw her she was a star and yeah. to have that light on you like the yeah. way it was uh -huh. and she talks about dancing on the beach and having people surround her and all that kind of stuff um and and then she's done a lot of she was doing a lot of things to try and help and this is like 1960s help was good because she actually had the money to take care of her sister yes. she, she knew she could no longer help her in the ways that she had tried. She had called the, the liquor stores, told them, please don't deliver anymore. She yeah. can't be drinking like this. Um, she had done several things to try to help her, but that's really all the resources she had. So the, the, the only thing she was left with is, I need constant care. I need Elvira to live with me and take care of me. And my sister needs care. I'm going to find the best care facility I can to take care of my sister. And the thing is that Jane knows that Blanche looks up to her and sees her still as the star that she was. But I think that she obviously finds that insulting because was because she was talking to Elvira at one point and was like, you didn't see her how beautiful and what a star she was. And Jane hears this compliment, but instead is upset because it's like, this is something in the past. And, Jane has moved on to, I want to try to be a star again, using Blanche's money. She hires like a piano man um, and he's going to play the music and she's spending Blanche's money to get costumes and mm -hmm. things like that. And these are things that could not go on if Blanche knew that they were going on because she would have stopped her because she, she like goes around thinking, you know who I am? Remember me kind of. And, she doesn't have any of that stardom left to be able to continue being the star. And she needs so much help that 
it, you, the, the doctor situation, it was like, why aren't they checking on her? Why? I'm surprised that they, that they weren't checking on her on the regular and to be taking her sister's word, why to, to be checking on Blanche and to just take Jane's word for, oh, my sister doesn't need this or my sister doesn't want that. Um, no, I'm going to talk to your sister. I'm going to go over to the house. I'm going to insist on coming in. I'm going to mm-hmm. march up those stairs. I'm going to go see yeah. her. They use a lot of that rich woman privilege when yeah. Jane is getting things done. I'm at the bank. No, my sister didn't leave a note, but uh, we find out she's forging stuff. And there's just certain things that would be curious to most people, but they don't question at all because uh, this is the Hudson family. And therefore, she uses that to her advantage. But it's... It's just, it's, it's too, it's too much. It's like, there's, there's too much binding of your own business in 1962. <laughs> yeah. At, at some point you have to realize that these people need help. Mm-hmm. And I found it so brave of the character Elvira to even say, um, once she is fired, that she's yeah. still marched up into the house. Okay. I'm going to call okay. the fucking cops on I'm going to, okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the show here right now for a minute because, um, yes fucking amazing that she did that especially knowing like her station in that in that uh um and and i'm using that for a reason um in this uh family dynamic because she first of all she was um the housekeeper we both thought she was a nurse she was more than that though because she seemed to be uh blanche's personal direct uh attendant throughout the movie i mean a house cleaner you would expect to be all over the house but i never really saw her all over the house except for just with blanche so there's obviously a more um intimate um uh, personal relationship there which is awesome but um that's why and that's why she ignores you know i'm fired fuck that shit i'm gonna come back um so she knew she was fired. She knew that she wasn't wanted there by the one who's actually physically able to remove her from the home and make trouble for her. And, you know, again, I'm going to, we're going to come back to the fact she is a black female and these are two rich white women. So she could have gotten in trouble for bre- breaking. Cause that's exactly what Jane could have said for breaking back into the house. So she just fuck all that. I'm going to go check on my friend. Um, but the fucking neighbor bitch, this is where I got pissed off with the fucking neighbor. Shut the fuck up and it take take a fucking like read the fucking room neighbor, Karen. This is I'm gonna call her Karen. What the fuck was her name? She uh Jane comes back home. Um, and Elvira has has gone back inside and found what's going on and is trying to break the door down to get to Blanche, right? Or maybe I can't remember exactly the, the specifics, but anyways, she's in the house, Elvira, trying to help Blanche. Jane comes home early. I don't know. So she comes home and fucking uh, the neighbor's like, hey, can I, this is, this is weird, but hey, can I borrow your, your maid a couple of days to, out of the week? I'm like, okay, because that's a thing people do. Um, and she, and she's like, uh, yeah, you can have her even more than that because I fired her. Oh, okay. But, you know, I just saw her. Why does she keep insisting? No, no, I keep saw her. No, I fired her. You don't understand. I fired her. She's done. No, no, no. But I just saw her walk into the house. Why the fuck? If she said that, I would like, as a, as a human being, me as a human being that knows not to be snitching on, snitch, you know, going around snitching on people, I would have just yeah. been like, oh, 
that was it. I wouldn't have said another word. I wouldn't have kept going, no, 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 but I just saw her. It's no, no, no. no. I mean, like two exact minutes ago. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about earlier when you saw her and you told her to leave it. I was obviously being totally fucking nosy and standing listening to everything you say. <laughs> I just saw her literally two minutes ago. Yeah. You better hurry up and get inside. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Stop talking, you stupid bitch. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jane, obviously, too, is smart enough to know that not to leave her sister for any amount of time longer than short time, because every time she leaves, she comes back quickly because her sister's going to find a way. She's going to find a way. And she has. She's every time. This obviously isn't her first time she's doing this. And Elvira's trying to free her once she finds her in the state she is. And I think this this was after she finally got to the phone. Oh, let's talk about that scene. She got to the phone to call the doctor because we mentioned the doctor shit. And she kicks her in the fucking head after she dragged herself all the way down the stairs. That was so messed up. And then beats her by kicking her and then drags her all the way back upstairs. Am I telling you enough detail here? It was horrible. It was awful. And I, they, they should have done a little bit better with the makeup here because I was like, the chick got kicked in the head in the (laughs) face. And the way that they used that, um, like the dummy head, uh, to kick, it was, it was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know why it was, it was so strange to me and I kind of felt it, you know? And, um, so she's completely, she hasn't been eating. She's not giving her nothing. And then Elvira puts down the hammer and she picks up the hammer to kill her. And then she sees her best friend just murdered and everything like that. I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay, this isn't going to end well for anybody at this point. And she's secretly seen the Edwin who wants to be the piano player. And then he ends up seeing her, but he's drunk at the time. And I was so scared at that point because he was drunk. And I'm like, nobody's going to fucking believe him that he saw a lady tied up. But see, this is the thing. When people came in there, they were curious. Edwin himself just as a guest in the home. And he's like, no, no, I hear something. What have you done? And he's completely just repelled by her fact that she has somebody there tied up and immediately goes and looks for help. So Jane is fucked, takes her sister off to the beach because that's where she has the most fondest memories. And it's almost hysterical and just incredibly sad the way she dragged her sister. Cause you have to think that it's show her drag her sister, but how did Blanche end up laying on the beach? Because her sister dragged her ass out there uh, yeah. while she was making her little sandcastles. It's so, it, oh my God, this ending is so perfect. It is like, there's so much going on here. Cause it, I guess maybe traditionally now people wouldn't look at this movie like it's horror. But it was billed as horror at the time, like horror thriller or something like that. Um, and But if you watch what's going on in the movie, this movie is complete horror because everything that's happening for so... And then there's a twist at the end, you know, that's just like, what? Um, so, yeah, uh, she they're on the beach now. And what I love about this beach scene is the first time... Everything's been happening in this dark house and... Um, these close-ups of their faces and, and, and uh, baby Jane has like this throughout the whole movie, just layers and layers of makeup. And then they're on the beach now and 
Jane had been talking about how she used to love the beach when they were little and all that stuff. And that she took her there and, and, and Blanche is dying now she's dying. She's going to die soon. And we do start seeing, we do start seeing like, but we saw moments of it and glimpses of it throughout the whole movie, but she does love her sister. She's just been jealous of her and pissed at her and taking out, you know, a lot of her own issues out on her sister. This is where fucking Blanche admits that and we, that she brought this on. She says, I brought this on myself. I was the one driving, Blanche says. You were the one at the gate. I was going to kill you. You moved and I slammed into the gate and here I am. You were so fucking drunk. I let you take the fall for it. And why is it here? That fucking Jane, instead of getting pissed off at her, this is the moment for her, for them to truly connect. And she's like, you mean we could have been friends this whole time? And that's where my heart started breaking. Because now you see that's all she wanted this whole time. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to be close with her sister, friends with her sister. She resented her for this not happening. I see now, like where you were talking about, even though you're joking with Elvira, there could have been moments and glimpses of that, like kind of fed into it maybe. Um, and instead of being pissed at her sister for like, you ruined my, my life. No, she's like, we could have been friends. And then all of a sudden her face and her demeanor and everything changes. She runs off to go get ice cream and there's something I don't know if it really happened or not, but it to me, it looked like when she's getting that ice cream, it looked like they washed off maybe for that scene, all her makeup, because it didn't look as layered as it had been throughout. Or it could have just been the lighting because now they're instead of under studio lights, they're out in natural light. But the she looks so beautiful and so young. And so happy, she looked completely different to me when she's standing there asking for the ice cream. She didn't look, um, her makeup just looked different. So it made her look different. And she's smiling like real smile, not like kind of like that, you know, smile that she'd been doing, like that evil smile she'd been doing throughout. She looks like she's really, truly like gone back to being a kid again. And not a spoiled little shit because she gets two strawberry ice creams. And she runs off to go be with her sister. Then when the co cops come up and everything, unfortunately, she's, she's lost it at that point. She's not in reality anymore. And she sees all these people around her. And to her, it was like when you mentioned earlier, she's back on the beach with people surrounding her as she dances. And she starts dancing. She starts dancing on the beach. And when, again, I saw these glimpses of her face, she looked so youthful, so happy, so beautiful. And uh, yeah, it, I, that ending is so fucking heartbreaking and sad. And then it, it, it appears that, uh, uh, Blanche has passed away on the beach. And, oh, you made it seem sadder. Yes, I'm sorry. I was just like watching it. <laughs> sorry. Because it's just it there's there's no there's no happy ending <laughs> you don't need a, a happy ending horror that's what makes it so so great um but actually lunch was fine they took her to the hospital she, she just got rehydrated <laughs> oh, okay okay she just needed Duh. iv fluids 
Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> she had some, yeah, you're right. some IV fluids, um, <laughs> you know, a little bit of rest R&R in a spa <laughs> hospital like they had back in the day. And, and then, Jane, and then, yeah. Yeah. She Jane got the help she needed. Fine. Yeah. yeah. She got the help she, she needed. Super great therapist. Super. Yeah. She found great. a good therapist. She dumped the old one that never came around checking on any of them. Mm. Yeah, you're right. They did the talk show circuit for a little while Mm. where um, Blanche admits her faults and Jane accepts her apology. And then Jane was embraced by the media and she did like reality uh, TV. Oh, yeah. I I remember uh, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Child House Stars Big Brother. And (laughs) Child House Stars. I'm a bad Um, cook. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how that's how we like like to picture this. It just I didn't like that when when I read about this. Okay, there was something, um, uh, the way that they described them. Okay, it was supposed to be a flop. It wasn't a flop. This was mm-hmm. Joan Crawford supposed to be major important role, and it was her last important role. Is how it was described because then she mm-hmm. only made a few more films because but they, they were, were described as horror. Yes, and. I saw the word. I can't remember where I saw it. Thank you for thank as, you for for beginning this conversation because I w- did want to talk about it. But yeah, okay. Go on. Hag exploitation. Yeah, and yeah. Biddy something. Oh my gosh, I have to find it. But start talking about it, and yeah, I, because I didn't like it. No, because they were older actresses, and this is where we start seeing. We do see a lot of, um, especially during this time period. It's still going on. But especially during this time period, when women of this age, um, they they weren't even fucking old. But it, once you reach a certain age in Hollywood, you were seeing it as has-beens. And the fact that they dared tr- try to lead a movie, you know, try to be stars in this movie, um, you you saw it in reviews. Like there was this this one review, um, uh, uh, okay, it's from the Chicago Tribune. And it's, it's so ugly. So I'm going to read a little bit of it because it, it, it's just like, this just goes to show like, like what, how people, this isn't a movie. It's a caricature. Betty Davis's makeup could have very well been done by, I don't know who Charles Adams, Joan Crawford's perils make those of Pauline look like good, clean fun. And the plot lines, one fantastic twist upon another until it all becomes nonsensical. Um, and then Brendan Gill, the New Yorker, was somewhat negative as well. Somewhat negative. That's pretty fucking negative. Utah. Um, calling the film far from being a Hitchcock. It goes on and on in a, li- in a light much dimmer than necessary. And the climax, when it belatedly arrives, is a bungled languid mingling of pursuers and pursued. Which This this is basically word vomit. People are just trying to, like, finding a way of shitting on these two women. Um, you could not like this movie. I, I don't care if people don't like this movie. But the way it was described, it's like, it's very obvious. Give me a fucking break. Like, hello, there was a reason her makeup was done like this. If you could go beyond the surface and, and be like, you know, oh, women are supposed to look a certain way. But the fact that that, that Betty Davis had the, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, I, I don't know what the word is, but she knew if we're talking about the makeup here, because this person talking about the makeup, she knew that this actress was not going to this. This has been actress, you know, as far as the character goes, was not going to be wearing beautiful makeup every day. The fact that she knew that this character was so broken that she had to portray her a certain way and that, that that's how she wanted to portray her. That's fucking genius. That's what I was looking for. It's genius. Um, 
I don't, I, it, it's just a weird fucking critique, you know? It's just like, really? That's, that's, and Hitchcock, who the fuck said they wanted to be Hitchcock? Just because that's the only person you could think of of making a movie. I mean, give me a fucking break. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 okay. I'm not, I obviously am not a critic because I can't think of good words here, but that's fucking. But it, it's, it's stupid. too much, especially in, in using the word hag so flippantly it's like okay if you don't like something just say you don't like it and um let's not pick on people because they're old old i guess i really think um the makeup was great i love that um blanche was an older and she's still beautiful but that they didn't do there wasn't there weren't attempts to smooth out wrinkles or show her from a fair light only when they show the shots of her face and she's sideways and you can see she has wrinkles and loose skin the way you would when you get older that kind of thing was actually i thought just so so brilliant because it depicted women in a way that they usually didn't didn't do you know and in a in a a role that needed to be filled, they didn't take somebody younger and put a lot of makeup on them to make them look older. And you just didn't see a lot of older actors and actresses that, that weren't overdone to make them appear younger or anything. It was just like somebody, you know, that age should look who is beautiful and on screen. So, and obviously we enjoyed it. You don't, have to of course mm. <laughs> it's i mean you not don't going have to, to keep I mean, me if up you have night. no taste if you have no taste you can totally not enjoy this movie <laughs> this is the way i could because you know obviously i have I'm just six kidding i'm just kidding people I, I get it <laughs> i have six people in my home so i always find a movie that somebody hasn't seen that they can watch with me and they're not going to like it and it doesn't offend me at all um but when i found out my husband hadn't watched this movie a few years ago i was like i was like what you haven't seen it? And so, he, you know, he had to sit through it with me while I'm over here annoying the shit out of him. Did you know that? You know, because that's the kind of person I am. And um, my oldest uh, daughter is just like me. And so I don't have my movie buddy around. So I have to like, you know, find a movie. If somebody's interested in it, then I'm really excited because then I'm like, oh, they're going to watch it with me. But, you know, my husband was just like, he thought it was like a good film, like a like a good film didn't really have any negative critique about it. It's just older, you know, it's, it's like an age movie, obviously. Um, things could be done better or whatever, but it doesn't need to be remade. But it was interesting just to see somebody hadn't seen the movie yet, just be able to just like watch it with a blank slate, you know, and say, yeah, that was good. That was a really sad movie. Like, that was sad. Like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that should be most people's reaction if they haven't yeah. seen it yet. Like, that was sad. Yeah, That's if true. you don't, yeah, if you don't like it, I'm sure, yeah, there, there's, there might be something that you get out of it, like some kind of feeling. Um, so again, coming back to the casting of these two actresses, because these two actresses were known to be, um, both independently on set, um, very, um, assertive. Um, I don't know. I mean, even though I've read some things of what they did, sometimes I think like that's what you consider her being a bitch. <laughs> um, and sometimes I'd be, I, I am kind of like, maybe you shouldn't have, you know? Um, but I don't know if it's because they were women that they were critiqued so hard the way they were on set. 
um, or if they really were as terrible as people thought they were. But these two women independently were very assertive and, and very like they liked things a certain way on when they on production. Um, they were uh, perfectionists. They and they also had their own ideas of how things should be on set. So the casting of these two women together, um, you know, it it was intentional. You know, <laughs> because if people are going to be like, oh, these two women are going to be in this movie and they don't they don't like each other. And they're both kind of like, you know, because they they were known to not like each other. I guess that's a nice way of putting it. And then also to be kind of hotheads, apparently, on production. They it's that the stories behind uh, the production and the filming were going to be good press, I guess is the best. Way I to always say it. take anything so, said by a woman ever by anyone with a grain of salt, because in a place where a woman mm -hmm. might be um, very professional, assertive mm -hmm. and tactful, we're going to hear that they were bossy and, and, a bitch um, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, caddy against each other and blah, blah, blah. They're, they're, if there was animosity, uh -huh. it was just that people are allowed yeah. to have it. Yeah. Um, and if she was very in charge of her shit, it's because um, she knew her shit. And that's her name was I behind it. it. And see, that's what I was saying uh -huh. because, like, and mm -hmm. her name's behind it. There, whoever it was, whichever one on the set, their their name is behind it. So they want to put out a good product because their name is the one being used to build the fucking movie. I totally get that. But like I said, I'm not going to excuse because I wasn't there. I don't know, you know, if they really did some things that, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. But my 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 point is that it was used to the. Um, the studio's advantage because yeah, when you hear about like things going on on set and that's, that's good publicity, that's good free publicity because um, the media is going to be on like, Oh, you know, they're at it again. Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, did you see their faces when they left the studio that day? I bet there was a, you that know, was their entertainment news. Exactly. They had like, they got, a, they got exaggerated. Yeah. But, uh, it, it was said despite their criticism, Betty uh -huh. Davis did have praise for Joan Crawford. Uh -huh. Every now and then she called Crawford <laughs> a pro who was always mm -hmm. on time, always knew her lines perfectly. Uh, she said she saw similarities between herself and Crawford. I mm -hmm. suppose we have the same drive. She's mm -hmm. a survivor and so am I. And I suppose I do infuriate people the way she does. Uh, Davis felt that Crawford's behavior was reasonably under control and suggested it was because I suppose she wanted to be a professional. Yeah as I was. That and that sense, shows yeah. you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that a person who has this animosity towards still said these things about her, obviously. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And we can say things. Um, and it's just take it like that. Like, um, yes, I am going to do this. And that's the way it is because we put our foots down yeah. and women have been yeah. putting their feet down forever. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> yep. Because we but, have yeah. to, <laughs> exactly. And and it's funny because like if a dude was doing this, then they would be like, oh, what a professional. He wants to make sure that blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, you know, Tom Cruise can be running around doing this all day long. But like the second that uh, a woman does it, ah, what a fucking controlling bitch. And it's like, oh, no, Tom Cruise just wants to be, you know, he's, he does it for his fans. And like, why couldn't the women be doing it for their fans? You know, but anyways. So, yeah, it, it, it was. It, there was also a history with these women, you know, as far as being on set and all that. Um, but I mean, I, I hate to say it like I, cause I don't know they're they both have controversy um, in their lives and all that. But 
when you see something like this, the way they are on, on camera, and even though it does have bad uh, reviews and critiques and everything, I just think they did a beautiful job, these two women on screen. The way they fucking went for it. Joan Crawford being so reserved, that takes a lot. Of, I think we've talked about it in other movies too. I can't remember who one actress specifically, and I can't remember who it was. But the control and the acting to be so reserved, but yet give so much on camera, is is you have is really good. I mean, because you're speaking so much with your with just little movements, with just small facial expressions, with whatever, and then the choices that Betty Davis made for her characters, because she got to make these mm. choices for her character. It's, it's I, body language. It's yes. everything. They put everything into it. And the way you said about Joan Crawford being reserved and facial expression, this is how good the eyes were because when mm -hmm. she spoke about her career and hearing mm -hmm. people and her sister, yeah. her eyes just lit up. Yeah. Lit up people. Oh, yeah. My gosh, can you slap me around? Because I was just telling someone, I was like, I'm not one of those film people, okay? <laughs> well, <laughs> but I mean, we, we're, we're appreciating, I think. Um, I just I, did, I just think they, they did a, a, such a good job, whether you like the movie or not, whether, you know, uh, it got these weird reviews, which I, I um, uh, respectfully disagree with. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I love this movie. It's, um, I don't think it's, uh, what was hag exploitation, psycho bitty, hag horror. Mm -hmm. I mean, I get wanting to make these names, these catchy subgenre names, catchy names. Hey, I come up with good names too. Yeah. Like Sophisticunt. But, I created that oh, one. Oh, yeah. I, I am a Sophisticunt. Yeah. Yeah. I invented um, <laughs> that myself. But I just think, <laughs> I think things like hag horror, psycho bitty, hag exploitation, are are demeaning i'm i'm sorry i'm not trying to put it if you if you use it in a lovingly way i'm not i'm not really i'm not being negative towards you or the way you know i just i personally don't like it because it i just think that these that women actresses in general uh deserve better and i think that the choices that these women made these two women, particular for this movie, made choices that made sense, and they in a, in a in a Hollywood that already had relegated them to being older actresses, and were already calling them husbands and shit. So, I love it, and for me, you know, I just think that those terms this, don't really apply here. <laughs> this is going to be a great season because we're just going to be loving on women. And it's going to be like a whole season of this. We're going to be like talking about how amazing and fascinating we find. All it's going to be the most amazing lesbian characters. porn you've ever seen in your life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? I don't know. That was kind of, yeah. I do apologize. It's because I always say how sad I am that I turned out straight. <laughs> I apologize for it all the time. <laughs> it's such a dork. I love it. Okay, Alma. So um, obviously we've we've this you know we've discussed 
you know, the good and bad of this movie and everything. Um, but any last thoughts? Um, how uh, you did mention how your perception has changed from the first time you watched it to now, especially mm-hmm. with controversy uh, around Joan Crawford's uh, life, her, you know, herself. Um, I've, I've so, learned to look at the, yeah, I've learned to watch the movie just through the, the lens that we have, because I don't have the other information. These days we can have, more and I'm glad about that because we can make wiser choices in the in the movies and the people we support because of all the resources we have. But um, sometimes that just can completely ruin things for us in the past because we didn't, and therefore any sensationalism you had to just you would just believe it, you know. And in this case, I really don't. I didn't. I didn't really have enough information to continue. <laughs> hating this character and I have fun with hating her now um, because I've grown up, you know, cause I'm an adult now, you know, cause I'm like, <laughs> but yeah. I do, I do appreciate just the characters. I love yeah. the, the, I appreciate, I have an appreciation a fondness for mm-hmm. the characters and a yeah. deep, deep empathy for the Jane character, just yeah. a, I feel her. And as I've yeah. gotten older, one of the, the greatest things I've learned is to just completely put myself in the shoes of um, a woman in need, a woman mm-hmm. who needs help, yeah. a woman, uh, anybody, but in, in particular, just because of this, this particular character yeah. is that I can feel for them mm-hmm. um in a way that I, I used to not be able to because yeah. we've learned to be more sensitive about yeah. mental health issues, substance abuse uh-huh. and things like that. So um, obviously if this, there's just so many things that you can look and wish, like I wish they had these things available for them. And we all still don't because of poverty, because of where we live, insurance, America, you know, so I just, uh, I can appreciate the yeah. character. Mm-hmm. And even the shitty sister Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> you are horrible. You're fucking horrible. <laughs> that is but you, you made some excellent points. You better not because... pick anyone over me. <laughs> <laughs> you made excellent points though about like um, all these systemic problems and everything, because you're right. Um, I think we are conditioned um, as, as women and people who identify as women to, um, compete against each other to critique each other to not always have each other's back and no you don't that doesn't mean you always have to support someone just because they're the same gender as you if they've done something really shitty but if something's going on maybe maybe we can in certain situations instead of just going to attack mode immediately i know it's not possible always, but maybe pause and think, okay, what's going on? And unfortunately, I am one of those, I I do both. I do both very quickly. I can be on the attack mode really quickly, like, oh my God. Or I can also be the huge empathizer where it's like, but, you know, like, um, so I totally see that with both of these characters. I mean, like, Blanche, she didn't deserve what happened to her, but she, she did do things that were not right. (laughs) And I think the worst thing she did in this movie was hitting the buzzer the way she did on uh, many occasions. (laughs) She fucking was an annoying little shit with that. Push that thing one one too many times, (laughs) Sally, I'm going to smack you. 
I'm gonna smack you. <laughs> and then with with and and I think it's also even though they didn't intend for it to be, I think this this is also a good portrayal of how bad the mental health system is always. Mm-hmm. How it is a lot for women, even with white women with lots of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, that's how jo- sad we got to say it. it's even it, it's bad, even yep. for white rich women. Exactly. That's exactly. Up. So, yeah, it- <laughs> we got to end this on a higher note, Dalia. Come on. Uh, okay. <laughs> We're just like, we won't get so sad. Let the, uh, whatever movie's coming up next, we're going to have to be. Uh, Something. Uh, I don't know. Oh, so we, we can I, we can have some uh, um, some house music playing in the background or something. And um, oh, we could we could do it a video. We can do it in a video and then like have glow in the dark shit going on. And and uh, someone, not me, can be um, you know partaking of recreational herbage during the. <laughs> I thought she said not her. <laughs> I just had to laugh a little bit because uh, the text that we got from my sister yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned that, uh, so we're not, not outing anybody. I, when we're in New York. I, had, I hadn't I had seen uh, It and It 2. And the TV I just series hadn't seen or the movies? No, the movie. Okay, I hadn't gotcha, seen gotcha. the new movies. So oh, it, it is strange. I didn't know that. Yeah, I hadn't seen him. So I wanted to watch him for a movie night. Mm-hmm. The last thing I wanted to do with my kid before he dropped them off at NYU. And this was our final movie Settle night. Settle brag there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Going to film school there. Going to make some great horror movies, hopefully. <laughs> and um, But it was, uh, I, I watched them and I just couldn't remember that we actually put on the second movie because I found some really good sour gummies and <laughs> And I ended up almost eating an entire pizza. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. Those sour gummies like, must have been is really the good. Greatest pizza ever. And then ate it on the second day to watch the second oh my movie. God. Because I was like, so was it just me or was that pizza really well? You were like really into that pizza. So then we had the pizza again. Oh, oh my god you are so hilarious and i, I just, have been there and the, i was like are you sure i was there for the movie <laughs> what was i doing just going pizza good movie good <laughs> i love it that. i'm gonna I'm yeah we'll we'll uh we'll have to watch a movie together while you are enjoying some very delicious uh sour gummies and <laughs> don't think I've ever seen you on sour gummies. I didn't, I didn't smuggle them back. I was going to stick them with my other uh, sour patch kids, but I live in stupid Texas, Texas. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so thank you. Thank you everyone. I can talk about all sorts of funny visuals (laughs) about any movie for like so long. I think I could. Just like yeah. every single movie, it was just too much detail. And um, this is a uh, season four, Women of Horror. Yeah. And um, I love that we chose this one to be our first movie because it's like it's fun and it's old school. And um, yeah. But anyways, okay. So Alma, where can people find us on the interwebs if they like this episode so much? I know y'all did. You gotta share this it. This is the first time. This is your first time finding us. Welcome. 
<laughs> Welcome. If, if, I don't know what else to say, but I hope you liked it. And uh, I, I always feel like doing this, like I'm trying to sell ourselves on like the beginning of the season. Like, uh, please come back. Um, <laughs> I get it. You know, we're not everyone's please, cup of tea. We'll I totally give you get some it. more. Um, you can find us on nightmaremoviepodcast.com. That's our website. Uh, visit us on Instagram. That's at Nightmare Movie Podcast. Our Twitter is at Nightmare on Fifth. That's Nightmare on 5TH. Also, um, do we do our horror movie blog? Yes, um, we have a horrormovieblog.com. Separate blog, yeah. Yes, and our Twitter is at horrormovieblog. And yeah. Dalia, could you please share our buy me a coffee if you want to just give us a little, a little amuse bouche, or if you want to become one of our patrons, where I will love you so much. Me, oh my god, that sounded like you. perverted me, as me, fuck. Me, I like how it started out all the amour. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it started off very professional sounding, like um, like the way you're going through everything. And then Dalia, could you uh, share? And then like you got all perverted there at the end, and it's just like okay, now we need to stop this. <laughs> But that's what you get. Stop rubbing yourself. Stop it. <laughs> we do have a Patreon. Uh, we have a few tiers there. And it is patreon.com slash nightmare movie podcast. We also have a buy me a coffee if you wish to just do a one-time simple donation. Um, and it is buymeacoffee.com slash nightmare pod. However way you choose to support us, we truly appreciate it. But we would also love it if you shared our podcast with others who you think you, that would enjoy it and leave a review because um, I would like to read some reviews. I want to get a review where someone is talking shit about my laugh. So maybe you can be that person and I can read it on our next episode how you don't like my laugh because I laugh a lot. <laughs> I laugh a fucking lot. I know. We, I mute it mostly. Most of the time right. we mute it. <laughs> well, yeah, we mute ourselves. So thank right, you so everybody. much for joining us for our premiere. 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 Why did I okay, do that? Okay, stop it. Okay, all right, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Most of us stop it. <laughs> Farewell. Thank you for listening to Nightmare on Fifth Street, a horror movie podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Also, leave a review or share what movie you would like us to discuss. As always, thank you for listening.